Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is October 30th, 2023. On August 16th, 1858, the first telegraph message was transmitted across the Atlantic on a cable newly laid on the ocean floor. The line speed was slow and the cable failed a few weeks later, but it was a start. By the late 1860s, a second cable made of better material was in operation and telegrams began to be sent more regularly, cutting the time required for transatlantic communications from weeks to minutes. The telegrams, like all early telegrams, were in Morse code and were written in all capitals with no punctuation. To make messages clearer, senders would use the word stop at the end of clauses. At least initially, the cost of sending messages was very high. In 1866, a 10-word message excluding stops could be sent across the Atlantic at a cost of $10 a word. One virtue of such expense in messaging is that you had to make your point very succinctly. October has been a long and difficult month, and the week ahead will see a deluge of data and events for investors to process and digest. However, if a financial advisor from 1866 had had to summarize for his transatlantic client via telegram, the message would have read, slow down delayed, stop, cool down ahead of schedule, stop, despite risks sell off overdone. Of course, today's communications technology demands no such economy of expression. These notes in the week ahead, once handed in, will be emailed internally, posted on LinkedIn and distributed as a podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all in a matter of minutes. The essence of the message remains the same. However, today's technology allows for a little more elaboration. So let's look at the situation in a little more detail. Starting with economic growth, it's clear that the economy is much stronger in the third quarter than many had feared earlier in the year. Real GDP grew at a 4.9% annualized rate, above the already lofty market expectations for 4.7% growth. Looking under the hood, real consumer spending was particularly strong, logging a 4% gain, while growth was also bolstered by a 7% annualized increase in government spending and an $80 billion annualized increase in inventories. Business fixed investment and trade were minor drags on growth. That being said, it does appear that the fourth quarter will see a moderate downshift in growth. On the demand side, average annualized inventory growth over the past decade has been $58 billion. And with today's higher interest rates, it's likely that inventory accumulation will fall below this pace at some stage over the next year, thus subtracting from GDP growth. Government spending is likely to decelerate, particularly if there's a federal government shutdown or a dose of austerity included in a deal to avoid one. Trade should be hurt by a recent rebound and already too high dollar, and weakness in Europe and China, which should be confirmed in this week's global PMI numbers. Home building could take a further hit from mortgage rates, which have surged their highest level in 23 years. Business investment spending should also be hampered by high interest rates. And consumer spending, while still rising, should grow more slowly due to tighter credit, higher borrowing costs, and a resumption of student loan payments. Meanwhile, on the supply side, very low unemployment combined with slow growth in the working age population should limit job growth. We expect this week's jobs report to show payroll job gains of roughly 160,000 in October, less than half of the 336,000 increase reported for September. In the absence of a shock, the US economy is likely to stay in a growth path. But that path in the fourth quarter of this year and in 2024 should be closer to 2% than the 4.9% seen in the third quarter. 
stronger than expected economic growth is, of course, generally positive, provided it is accompanied by a general easing in inflation pressures. Data due out this week should provide further evidence that it is. Despite the terrible events in Israel and Gaza, oil prices have generally been well-behaved, and with global growth looking sluggish should stay that way, barring a broadening of the Middle East conflict. Meanwhile, gasoline prices have drifted lower as refiner margins have eased, suggesting that energy inflation should be negative for October. Food commodity prices have been easing all year, although higher compensation costs continue to raise restaurant bills. Meanwhile, supply chains appear to be relatively normal following the disruption caused by the pandemic and the Ukraine war. Shelter inflation is gradually easing and should fall further, as rents and new leases have risen at just a 0.8% annual pace over the past six months, according to Zillow. Tuesday, we'll see the release of the third quarter home ownership and vacancy survey, which will provide further colour on the state of the rental market. New vehicle prices also appear to be rising at a very slow pace from a high level, which should reduce inflation both directly and through their influence on recently very hot inflation in auto insurance, auto leasing and auto maintenance and repair. One wild card, however, is the very eccentric health insurance category, which could begin to boost inflation in the months ahead after detracting from it over the past year. Pulling it all together, headline CPI inflation still looks set to fall from 3.7% year-over-year in September 2023 to 2.0% by the fourth quarter of 2024, with headline PCE inflation falling from 3.4% to below 2% over the same period. This would be well ahead of the Fed's schedule, as the last summary of economic projections forecast 2.5% year-over-year PCE inflation by the fourth quarter of 2024 and 2.2% by the fourth quarter of 2025. While inflation appears to be falling faster than current Fed projections, this trend could, of course, be interrupted if compensation costs push consumer inflation higher. We'll get information on this also in the week ahead, with the release of both the third quarter employment cost index report and average hourly earnings for October. In both cases, we expect a further slowing in year-over-year compensation increases. On Wednesday, the Fed will conclude its seventh policy meeting of the year. Currently, futures markets are pricing in no change in policy this week, and indeed no further rate hikes this cycle. In their statement, they will, as usual, alter as few words as possible. They will likely upgrade their assessment to recent growth in both economic activity and employment. If they wanted to send a dovish signal to markets, they could note that core inflation has continued to ease, and financial conditions have tightened due to both a further 50 basis point backup in 10-year Treasury yields and a 7% slide in the S&P 500 since the last meeting. However, in 2023, the Fed is in no mood to send dovish signals, and they will likely leave the door open to a further rate hike in December, should the data warrant it. Apart from the trajectory of the economy and policy rates, there are plenty of risks for investors to consider. Following a month of acrimony, the House of Representatives has a new speaker. However, there is still a need to pass a budget or an extension to keep the government open past November 17th. While the UAW has reached an agreement with both Ford and Stellantis, it's expanding its sporadic strikes against GM. Most importantly, the Middle East remains a powder keg, with the risk that Iran and the United States could get drawn more directly into the conflict, with very serious consequences over and above a potential disruption to oil supplies. Balanced against all of this, however, are increasingly attractive valuations, which we summarise on page 62 of our Guide to the Markets. Treasury yields are at their highest level since the great financial crisis, and provided inflation continues its trek down to 2%, Treasuries should provide strong real income, along with the prospect of a modest capital gain when the economy falters. Other high-quality fixed income also looks attractive, 
although with obviously some additional credit risk should a deeper recession unfold. The forward P.E. ratio in the S&P 500 has fallen close to its 25-year average and outside of the top 10 stocks is exactly at its 25-year average multiple. Meanwhile, the MSCI Acqui XUS is trading at a 30% discount to this now cheaper U.S. market with twice the dividend yield. Adding alternatives and particular real assets to a portfolio should allow for higher risk-adjusted returns. Conversely, while cash is providing relatively attractive yields for now, it carries significant reinvestment risk and does not provide the same diversification benefits offered by a longer-duration fixed income. <clears throat> In short, this will be a busy week at the end of a difficult month. However, against a backdrop of solid economic growth and declining inflation, the fall in valuations during October has opened up enhanced opportunities for those willing to weather short-term volatility in building long-term wealth. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.